Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Michael Solis, our children's director, Brian Cobley, our <laughs> students director with his own custom animation <laughs> to start the podcast, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and speaker from Sunday. So on Sunday, we hit week five of the prayer adventure, and um, I believe the title that you went with, Cliff, was The Breakthrough? Correct. All right. So before we hop into any particulars in the message, um, kind of talk through, because for people who have been a part of every single week, we are following that theme of you know the who, what, why, when, whatever, right? And then week four, I don't think whatever is this is the whatever. I said whatever because I forgot which whatever is next week. I remember there was the when whatever is one of the W's. Yeah, Yeah. who, what, when, where, whatever, whatever, (laughs) whatever you want to pray about, bring it to God. Okay. Yes. Um, Yes. We did three weeks of those words, and then week four was. um, Don't tell me. I'm gonna forget. Was it spiritual warfare? Yeah. Yes. Okay, and then week five, we went to breakthrough. So can you kind of give me um, some sort of an idea of where the idea of breakthrough came through when you were working on this message? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the other things we talked about, silence and and uh, spiritual warfare and why pray and how to pray, um, covered some of uh, breakthrough, you know, when the silence thing that we talked about, how, what's God saying in silence. But then yeah. I was just thinking, what what is it that we can do mm-hmm. to bring us to a place of breakthrough? And breakthrough mm-hmm. to me means nothing more than seeing things in a new way, a deeper way, a more intimate way with God. And so I just felt like that deserved its own message because it's something in the Christian life that we ought to all be looking at doing on an ongoing basis. But there are just certain times, I think we all can remember them probably, yeah. where where all of a sudden our prayer life was went to a new level or our understanding of God went to a new level or our understanding of the circumstances that we did not understand before. And all of a sudden, God gives us a clear picture of it and we go, oh my goodness, now I see that in a completely different light. Yeah. Uh, that's what I meant by breakthrough. So I was just, the thought of, how do we hear from God and how do we prepare ourselves to for a breakthrough? Yeah. Um, the first three weeks felt very uh, foundational, right? Like setting this is what, um, this is how you can pray, when you should pray, you know, all, all of those things. And then week four <clears throat> felt a lot like you've been praying for at least a certain amount of time. And now you're at the stage where, okay, I don't necessarily hear God speaking to me. I don't feel like there's as much of a connection between me and God, even though. I am praying was week five meant to be like a follow-up to this is the breakthrough will happen after the silence or is breakthrough and silence very separate individual things? No, I think that uh, if we are paying attention to God in the silence, he may actually bring us to a breakthrough. Okay. So uh, yeah, I don't think they're, I mean, they're, they correlate, but they, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you went through, I'm, I'm looking at your points right now from your notes, and um, you gave quite a few areas where we can be led to a breakthrough, right? Where God can break through to us, but also there is some things that we can do, right? And you, you did things like um, writing and journaling, um, fasting, uh, 
What else did you put in here? Um, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, exactly. I'm looking through. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you felt like you left off because maybe you didn't have um, maybe enough scripture to support it or maybe since the message has gone on, maybe people came up and said, oh, what about this? Is there anything that you can think of that might lead to a breakthrough in prayer? Um, well, I think some of the things we covered before, which was the silence, mm-hmm. you know, what's God actually telling you in silence that can lead to a breakthrough. I think um, uh, spiritual warfare, if we recognize where it's coming from and we learn to pray against that, that can lead to a spiritual breakthrough. I think a lot of times we end up praying for something without realizing maybe one, that it is a spiritual issue. And so we're praying, we're praying for results in a very human way, instead of reminding ourselves that there's a whole another realm out there that we have an opportunity to engage in. So, yeah, but I think there are certainly things that have happened, I think, in all of our lives that might be a little different from those three, uh, from fasting and, and spiritual gifts and writing and journaling. But those are the ones that I looked at the Bible, I thought those pop out at me. They pop out at me because when people are desperate, they fast. When the psalmists are writing, man, they're just pouring out their heart in writing, you know? And then when people are talking to God in a way that, uh, and using their spiritual gifts, it always draws us closer to him and uh, to a different understanding of him, which is a breakthrough. Yeah. You used, um, I should phrase this in a in the correct way. Anytime anyone gets up and preaches on a Sunday, there's a lot of scripture involved. This Sunday, you didn't use as many uh, slides that involve scripture, but one that you used was one of my favorites, and it's a tough one, I feel like, to teach through because there's so much meat in it. But it's um, Romans 12, and you focused on verse 2, which for people that don't know that right off the top of their heads is, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And it goes on from there. Um was there any hesitation to to get into such a meaty uh, piece of scripture and just use a, just a little bit of it? But no, I think you're right. We, it's easy to teach on that alone as a full message and maybe even a couple of them if you want to go that far. Um, but to me, I, I, as I was thinking about this message, I had a thought that uh, I don't think I've ever taught on before is that that God uses your mind to speak to you. I don't care how you're going to get it, whether you're going to get, whether it's somebody else bringing you the word of God, whether you're opening up the word and you're reading it and he speaks to you that way, whether he gives you a vision, a dream, a, a word, how, however it is that he speaks to you, it, it, it's processed by your mind, which he created. And so therefore he knows how to use it most effectively to communicate with us. I think a lot of times as, was, as Christians, we become a Christian because we recognize or because we, somebody's done a good enough job of explaining salvation to us, and so we accept that, what Jesus has done. But um, what we don't do is open up our mind to him to let him use our mind to speak to us. And then we wonder why he's not talking to us. So when you were talking about breakthrough, when I was listening to the, the, the message and then I heard it again on my way in, a common thing that I see with breakthrough, because you asked, you know, You've asked, you asked during the week and, you know, you came up with desperation, all this, but one common theme, even with your story of the elderly man on the, on his hospital bed is a lot of times our breakthrough, the first step is to talk to people about it and get advice from people that I know. So the guy who was on his, the, the elderly man on the deathbed said he got, he was having a conversation with his friend about the empty chair. Um, 
just somebody for the first time hearing, oh, I can journal and pray in your sermon. That's hearing one of, you know, somebody representing God yes. to give advice for a breakthrough. So when I, when I heard that, I'm like, man, that's probably a lot of people's first steps is talk with your friends, your family, your pastor, your somebody in your small group of like, just start the conversations. Like I'm not hearing anything. I'm not breaking through. And then like you said, let God speak through that person or through his word and see where the breakthrough comes. You asked me, where did my breakthrough come? Like where I hit that next level. And my answer was through a book I read. And the funny part about my story was I wasn't seeking a breakthrough or trying to figure it out. I was reading a book called uh, the forgotten God that Francis Chan wrote and is all about the Holy spirit. And then I just learned the gifts of the Holy spirit, how the Holy spirit is praying for us Hmm. with groanings that are louder than words. And I was like, man, it's like, I don't need to be perfect. Like I got, the, I had the gift to do it for me. And so it just took this pressure off because, you know, I was growing up in my faith. I was around uh, preachers and pastors and Christians who just seemed like they knew how to pray Yeah, really well. Yeah. So, like, so Brian, but, I, I'm so glad you said that because I got to say one thing here, Michael, this is not scripted, is it? No. No, we don't. We didn't even talk about this ahead of time, did we? Yeah. No. And uh, the reason I wanted to, to get confirmation of that for everybody who's listening is that um, what Brian was talking about, that came up, that whole idea of checking with other people and other sources like that came up often enough as a, as a part of it that I really felt like that deserves its own thing. And that's actually where we're going next week. Is it really? Yeah, it oh, is. That's cool. so, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool that you. I'm uh, preaching it right now. Yeah. It's Talk right. to yeah, your friends. About it. Call, <laughs> that's right. Don't give it all away. <laughs> call this 1-800 number. You that's can serious. talk to one of us. Uh, what you were talking about as far as uh, I just real quick because I couldn't help but think of the idea of the renewing of the mind. Yes. Romans 12, 1, a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, there's a yes world transformed be able and will is his good perfect will yeah so really it does because when we open up our mind then then God speaks to us what does he tell us what his will is yeah. And which is what all of us want to know. I so often talk to people and they're going, oh, I'm just, I just want to know what God wants me to do. What's God's will? Well, there it is. It's going to come through your mind or through people talking to you, or, but your mind's going to process it no matter how it comes. Your mind has to process it. So I think to, to say, Lord, how do I renew my mind, bring it to you, and let you use it to communicate with me? And, and I also find it interesting, you, you talk kids interesting yeah so i'm teaching them that shared with them yes something else and they're like games you're getting yeah and what's interesting here is when we read this you're offering your body as a living sacrifice denying yourself and that's holding your up yourself up will is for you. Yeah. Which is really That's beautiful. Yeah. Good connection. Did you 
Hayden just read that. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> to start with. Yeah. When he started yeah. the question. When, when, yeah. when, when, when your mind was still out in the lobby before your mind <laughs> got here with yeah. your body. A whole other place. Yeah. At first I'm looking but at it's you good. like, it's like, good. Are, yeah. Yeah. Really, did you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fired. <laughs> Here's, you, you, yeah. It's also Hayden told us. Yeah, it was a different times. translation though. Maybe so I'm glad you read that. Morning. Well, <laughs> that's Hayden's favorite verse. Here's here's so the thing. Funny. You added context to it. You read verse one. I only read verse Hayden. two. Yeah. <laughs> I still when you were reading it, I was like, "This is a joke, right?" Like, like, but, but, but Hayden's right; he did kind of add a different context. Yeah, yeah, context. So it was great. Yeah. It's all good. It's all, it's all good. Um, Let that go, bro. That was good. Um, by the way, this was funny because when you did talk about fasting, you know, you called out people in the in the audience about their you know technology. Maybe they need to fast from technology. But then you did mention one thing. And you said coffee, and then you made a joke like, I'd rather fast from food. But I will say, Cliff, if you fasted from coffee, how close to God do you think you, you would go? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was coffee that got me close to God, see? <laughs> so you're really I, you really excited. Know, I, knew you, I knew when I said that, I'm going to get that bounced back to me from Brian sooner or later. Church, you have no idea how much, how many cups of coffee this man drinks oh, in a day. Oh my gosh! Just trying to help out those poor people raising coffee beans. Man, I'm in telling you, you're doing a great Africa. job. You were single handedly, yes. you were single handedly yes. keeping the coffee industry afloat. <laughs> Shoot. So uh, we mentioned fasting. We've mentioned spiritual gifts. Um, I want to ask this question because I'm not particularly good at it. Anytime I do this, I've I find myself losing steam on it and it's uh, writing and journaling. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard so many people say, Oh, I keep a prayer journal or, um, it, you know, if, if you're having a hard time with your prayer, you know, take a journal and uh, start writing things down. I'm curious, is that an, an active thing that uh, you guys do on stage? No, Brian. Have Not you tried? Brian? What about Michael? Not for you? Uh, Not well. Yeah. I mean, See, now this is, this is, Empirical evidence as to closeness to God. As and to why we now we can see why we have a real you issue trap, here. Do you trap yeah. us? And the most yeah. the most I journal is when I'm writing a sermon. I'll like I'm reading and doing the research. I'll handwrite it because it makes me actually like instead of just copy and pasting, I'm actually processing what I'm writing to know if I'm going to add that or just you know mentally use yeah. that. And then I write my sermon. I handwrite my sermon because it also slows me down. And then. Um, at the end of the sermon, I just write one prayer, and that's just thank yeah. you, Holy, thank you, Holy Spirit, mm. for this message. And so I handwrite that after every sermon I write. It's awesome. And so it's yeah. kind of journaling, but mm. yeah, I also just want to remind it, it. It's a prayer to the Holy Spirit, but it's also a reminder to myself of who even gave me this message. Mm. Right, it's not mine. I think with journaling, you know, some people it really varies, right? Some people when they think journaling, they're just writing down what happened to them today and whatever else. Uh, yeah. Others will actually take God into that and say, Lord, this is what happened. You know, do you want to show me anything in that or whatever? And um, for me, I, I tried to, I've actually, Hayden, tried to do better at it this week. Mm. I, I mentioned I'm not good at it. Uh, I so don't. Yeah, your Tuesday. notes do say that. I'm not consistently good at it, but since it's Wednesday today, and uh, oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. I can already say that I have done that this week. Um, when I came to, <laughs> when I, when I came to uh, this morning, actually, this very morning. Wednesday morning. Uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Prophetically, uh, Wednesday morning, God spoke to me 
And here's what's interesting. I went back and reread what I had written. And, and this is the way, when I do that, this is how I do it. I just say, Lord, do you, I, and I think in the, in the book it says, stop and listen and write down what you sense God is saying to you. Mm. And when I do that, I, I started, I went back and read it and went, wow, that's some stuff I know didn't come from me. I know did not come from me mm. because it was his thought process and, and his way of seeing it, which you brought to me through my mind and my hand. Mm. But um, if I'd have sat there and tried to, I wouldn't have written it quite the same way. Mm. See, So I know that was from him. Now, the reason journaling has been hard for me is I did spend uh, almost three years where I was really consistent and journaled a mm. lot. And, I and everybody I talked to said, if you do that, you're going to look back on that later and you're going to go, wow. Wow, I can see God answering these things. I'm so glad I journaled all this. Well, for me, I did it for almost three years very consistently. And as I look back three years to when I was doing it earlier, I honestly was so bummed because I saw so few little <laughs> that I just, I actually quit doing it. Did you really? I did because I'm going, God, I can't do this. I can't keep writing this stuff down and then go back and look at it and go, man, I'm really disappointed, 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 disappointed. Now, if I went back today, it would be a different story. It'd be a wow. Mm. It would be a wow. Okay. But I'm it telling feels, you. Your I'm, story felt like a, a fine wine that just hadn't aged enough yet. It, mm. Maybe that's exactly what it was, Michael, because it had not aged enough. But it was so it was so disappointing to me. Mm. that, And so I think because of that, I just went, I, I don't want to because I spent so much effort in praying through those things and so often felt like God was speaking to me. And then I'd look at a year later and go, but that... It's not the way that worked out, and I don't even see how that. And it has taken it has taken more time, a lot more mm. time. But I now see the value of it, and when I read the Psalms, I see the value not just for the writer, but when we do capture that, how much it can encourage other people as mm. well. Mm. So in the message, you mentioned uh, the spiritual gifts. Yes. I do want to talk about that a little bit more. Because okay. this could be... Uh, for some, a controversial topic. And even yes. when you were writing it, you're like, oh, I wonder, you know, yeah. what people are. Because there are a group of people who believe there's a difference when you read it of spiritual gifts and like supernatural gifts. But there are groups of believers who do believe that the supernatural gifts no longer exist. Like it's not something that the Holy Spirit's dispensing, that those were reserved specifically for the apostles right. for the that season to be witnesses mm -hmm. um, to have authority to preach Jesus's name. And because there was nothing else except for their testimony. So they also needed right um, more to prove it. And as they died, the, the gifts also those gifts because right. they no longer need that much authority because the story, the gospel hasn't been spread some more and has been, you know, printed <laughs> Right, that the, the supernatural gifts of using that to defend no longer exists. What is your opinion? I, I on think the that's very gifts? limiting of God. Uh, that's my bottom line to it. Mm -hmm. Is and I think it's interesting that I've read many of those accounts and mm -hmm. uh, and when the writers say, well, once once the Bible in its in essentially in its form yep. of today, somewhat or another, uh, was there, there was no longer a need for those yes. gifts, so God allowed them to disappear. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Oh, cessation, a cessationalist, because yep. some say it was when the apostles died, and some say it was when the, the Bible. When, when the whole Bible came yep. together. And 
but that but that doesn't neither one of them then make a lot of logic to me. Yeah. And again, the, back to the apostle one, um, I think there's so much evidence that we see of God doing things supernaturally that to discount that, um, I think it's often often they we want to arrive at something when we don't experience it ourselves to validate our own self, or we want to arrive at that so that we can have it all in order and figure it out. And I, I'm old enough now to where I, I've realized I will never figure God out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. I think I've mentioned this in a podcast since, you know, we've been doing this for over, over a year, but this is one of my favorite topics because uh, researching the scriptures, especially in this topic, the people who argue that the supernatural gifts exist uh, use a verse that the same people who argue that they no longer exist, right. they they defend their stance with the same exact verse. Do you right. know where that verse is at? No. It's actually in the love chapter. First Corinthians 13. First it, Corinthians yes. 13. Because the whole, you hear, you know, love will love yes. will never end because yeah. uh, it talks about there's a time when speaking in tongues, yes. Yes. Um, yes. all this yeah. will come to an end. And it says, when the perfect comes, there's no need for tongues. There's no yeah. need for this. But yep. love will always, will, will always. So you know, yep. we always we look at that and always just talk about love. But really, there's a whole argument of the supernatural gifts within that chapter, and it's all based upon the Greek word "perfect," the yeah. perfect one. So the whole argument is this: people read the perfect one and think it's Jesus because there's only one perfect one. So what they're saying is, you know, speaking in tongues, healing, all this. When Jesus comes. It doesn't matter because why do we need tongues? Why do we need this? It's now we're all, you know, going to the the new earth. But love will always stand is what their argument. The perfect one is Jesus. But the cessationists who believe that the gifts end define perfect one because it's uh, when you do Greek, you know, there's a masculine, there's a feminine, and then there's a neuter. The perfect one is in the the, the neutral stance. So they read it as an object, not a person. And so they define the perfect one as the Bible. As the Bible when, being the perfect one. As the Bible being the perfect yeah. one. When the thing yeah. comes to completion. Yeah. So yeah. the book mm. being yeah. made to completion, when that comes, you no longer need the speaking in tongues. Right. right. That I think I think my interest in all of that is to debunk the idea of it being something so complex or so difficult. Or you have to line up and agree or disagree. Because if you uh, if you think that the gifts are still active and then you try to pursue it and don't feel like you're getting that gift, uh, then maybe it's a whole lot easier to decide they are specifically active. supernatural gifts. The supernatural they, gifts, they, yeah. There is a, there is right. a, like there's still gifts, but then right. there's the, right. the laying yeah. on the hands of healing, the speaking in tongues. Right, the, well, so the laying on the hands of healings, the speaking in tongues, and all those things, which the irony to me is there is so much evidence of those things actually, the laying on of hands and seeing healing, we don't see near of that in the U.S. that they do we do mm-hmm. worldwide, but... But there's all kinds of evidence of that happening. So how you can say, well, yeah, but then it doesn't pertain to this one. And my, my, my feeling with this is that as believers, don't cut yourself short. <laughs> if God's got something for you, mm. go get it. Yeah. And I think, go the way, get it. I think the way people kind of take both sides is they would say that when you pray, God can still do something supernatural, yes. but yes. the giving the gift of yeah. like, so me... I have the gift of healing, so it means every person I touch is going to be healed. Yeah, but but that's not accurate either, right? Because we don't see I that mean, happen. That's, that's so. a good question. When you think of like the New Testament, right? right? And you, when Jesus left, and now disciples are healing, you know, 
Paul preaches for hours. A guy falls off, you know, <laughs> right. falls down, dies, resurrects him, and keeps preaching. You know, the question is, does can Paul do that anytime he wants? Like, does he have that gift, or is it God's, like, in God's will? Like, yeah. like Paul is doing what we do now. God, can you... I mean, yes. Can you please heal this. Yes, and or, I would suggest it's the second one you're talking about one. because it didn't happen in Paul's own case. Mm-hmm. If he could, if it was just the gift that he owned and he could do it whenever he wanted to, he'd have done it to himself. But instead, he's going, "No, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do this." Yeah. And after the third time, God goes, "Enough. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> Which falls in line with the story of God the entire time, right? Stuff is not yes. going to happen unless God's with you on it. Right. And, and all of this conversation also for me, there's uh, there on a personal level, there's a piece of it where I look at it and go, if other people are experiencing these amazing gifts and maybe I'm not, there's an expectation part of Right. breakthrough yeah yeah so here's my thing with that i think what we in the example i'll give is this if god's got us gifts here and he's put a whole bunch on this table for you you're at the other side of the auditorium and I say, hey, all these gifts are for you. Brian, come up and get yours on your table. Michael, come up and get yours on your table. The gifts are here. Hayden you, gets none. Hayden gets, <laughs> Hayden gets my table. Hayden okay. gets my table. Sweet. Hayden, come on up here and get him on my table. Uh, and all three of you are back there, and uh, one of you goes, cool, and comes on up and gets your gifts. The other one's back there going, ah, I've got to think about this. I'm not really sure that they're for me or not for me. And, and the other one says, you know what? If they're really mine, they'll come to me. Mm. You know, it's kind of like a gift where, you know, I open up the present and my wife's like, hey, I, I bought you an elliptical. I'm like, I got to do work. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> right. And that, but like, that, but you know what? So we're just saying. Am I not perfect? And I, <laughs> and I just. i say the perfect one. <laughs> I just don't want people who want to be closer to Jesus huh. to stand in the back of the room and say, well, if God really wanted it for me, he would give it to me. What they're really saying is if God really wanted me to have it, he would force it upon me. Has he mm. ever done that? No. Not very often, does he? He No, he gives us the option. And I think that's my, so that's my, my heart's cry with that Adrian, is yeah. when people say, I'm not going to try to speak in tongues because I would just be making something up. And I'm thinking, so what? You think that bothers God? If that's really what you need to do, don't let that stop you because what you're really saying is, hit me with it, God. I'm not doing anything. Hit me with it, God. If God says, I've given you the gift to heal and you don't put your hands on somebody and pray for them, but you say, no, go, no, hit me with that. Just hit me with it. But I'm not doing anything. Well, it's not going to happen. So actually, mm. I, I have a follow-up question for that. Um, so do you believe, as believers, we have access to all the supernatural gifts? Or does God, like, dispense it? Like, Brian, you might not have tongues, but you do have healing. Yeah. Or do you, is your belief that we have access to all of them if we are pursuing all of them? Yeah, I, I think... I'll say yes to both okay. because I think it is both. I think there are times when God, uh, you know, God, at times God, God has used me in the past. One time I was doing a men's conference. I'll just give you this example. I, I don't get a lot of prophetic words for people. You know, I, I just, I, 
I think that's really cool. When God gives somebody a prophetic word, I think that's really cool. And I, and it's got to be scriptural, and it has to line up and all that. But if it does, great. And um, But that didn't happen to me a lot. But in this one men's conference I did, it was like God just gave me words to say to people. And these guys are just going, how do you know that? I've never had that happen before. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had it happen a whole lot since. And I think at that time, God just went, I'm going to let you do this. This is the time for this. This is the group for this. I'm going to give you this gift right now. And afterwards, I can remember asking him, man, God, that'd be kind of cool to have that more often. I'd like that, you know? <laughs> now you're just being greedy with the, the gifts. And, and so I don't how all that works, I yeah. know Paul says pursue them. So mm. I think that means go after them. That means ask God for them. And, and he may give them. But I do think you're, the second part of that is, yes, I do think that some of us, he has been predominantly, we're predominantly disposed to use certain gifts as opposed to others. Because I think of the gift of like preaching, like yes. public speaking. You yes. know, there's, some pe- you know, there's some people you can yes. tell have a gift. There's some people who work on a skill, and there's other people who's like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. That was Right, I that was frightening, have, and yes. I do not have yeah. that gift. Yeah, yeah. So but I, could God use them all? Yeah, yeah. And that's a great example, Brian, because I got a friend who's a carpenter, was for years, went down to... Um, South America to help do wells and mm-hmm. build stuff and because he loved doing that. So he'd go on these mission trips. One mission trip, this guy is out there, and he's not. He's not. I don't speak in front of people. I just do the service thing. That's what God's called me to do. And I know the gifts, and that's how I operate. He's at this village in the middle of nowhere in the mountains that he's helping, and they're going, okay, you're the missionary. So we, you need to preach to us. And he said, oh, that's not me. I don't do that. And they said, oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do, because you're the, the missionary that God's brought here to, to, to teach. So you gotta, you got to tell us about the gospel and tell these people about that. And, and he was telling me the story, and he said, man, I just started. I said, God, I don't do this. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, you do. That's why I have you here. That's awesome. And he gave this, and he said, he said I don't know if it was any good cliff or not, but people came to Jesus, and actually some people there got healed as I was mm. talking and praying. And, and he said, but is that my gift that I'm going to do from here on out? No. <laughs> no, no. But God mm-hmm. gave me what I needed at that time to be able to wow. do that. Which the thing for you there was kind of like what you're talking about as far as stepping out. It's it's a sense of obedience. Yes. Versus, hey, I got this gift. Oh. Let me let me share with you. Right, <laughs> right. Which you know, and and First Corinthians twelve talks about the distribution of gifts as well. So where Paul talks about uh, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, uh, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, another distinguishing between spirits, another speaking in different kinds of tongues, still another interpretation of tongues, and all of this work of one and the same Spirit he distributes each of them just as he determines. Right before the chapter of love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And But let me show you a more excellent way he then mm. goes into. Yeah. Uh, you did yeah. mention this, and I know we do at the end real soon, Hayden. <laughs> um, you did say that Paul says to pursue the gifts. Do you know the verse that says that? For uh, I quoted it. You quoted uh, it? Yes, so I did. So then if you quote, the, I think in the message you read uh, to Ephesians 2. No, I think in that one, I think it was... I think it was 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue with love and seek the gifts, I think is the way he actually puts it. That's Cliff's Pursue and seek? Yeah, Cliff's transliteration. Yeah, I want to look that up. That's that's an interesting thing. And also, you know, for me, who likes to look at the Greek, to be like, what is that? Is that like an imperative, like Mm. a one-time? 
do yeah. it or was it yeah a- pursue love and seek the gifts uh, and, and, and again close transliteration especially the higher ones which i find interesting because he wouldn't see a uh, prayer, private prayer language with God as a higher one. He would just see that as one that people ought to mm-hmm. experience for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. The higher yeah. ones are the ones that serve others. I'm yeah. going to look that up. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, right after the love yes, chapter. Yes, right after I'm the love you, chapter. The 12, yep. People don't realize this. 12 through 14, which you did say in yes. your message, those are about the the, the gifts. The gifts, even even that love chapter. That love is chapter. about, about That's right. gifts. Yep. So yep. Be including others in the process. That's right. Mm-hmm. Having a conversation Multiplying with others. Multiplying the power. Mm. Well, thank you guys for the great conversation. Um, is there anything else you guys want to uh, talk about before we wrap things up? I want to say I really missed Allison. Yeah, um, you took her spot in the in the stage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just well, going basic layout. We're going to do a special yeah. podcast for those who want to hear all the sports analogies that we were going to be talking about today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, never yeah, got we to. We didn't do it. Yeah, we Guys, didn't do it. Not one wow. time. You better let I it go. Put, <laughs> I would have put money on it that sports were, were, was going to be mentioned once. Technically, you just did. So yeah. there you go. I got my money. Exactly. All right. So thank you so much for listening or watching the follow-up podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.